Stand with me to your feet as we pray. <laughs> we are grateful today, Lord, in this place to be able to worship you and to honor you. We thank you for the word that you have prepared for us today. Now give us hearts to hear. Give us a mind to be able to take in what you are saying. Give us feet to be able to walk out what you have given us. And we thank you right now for the love of our Savior. We thank you that we have the privilege to be able to come together as a body of Christ, to be able to enjoy the fellowship with one another, to hear the word of God, and to be able to partner together in ministry. We pray today that you will help us to live a life that brings honor and glory to your name. Now may the word help us today to live according to your great will and purpose. We're giving him all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Turn with me in your Bibles to um, Ecclesiastes chapter 9. I'm going to read the first six verses, and then I'm going to read as I get into my point. Oh, I for, um, I've almost forgot. As you know, my son who was <clears throat> growing up didn't like school, didn't go to school. I think he stayed on punishment throughout his high school years. Get your homework done. He just didn't like school. Well, just to let you know that he is now a registered nurse. He passed the state test, the NCLEX, this week. He is now a registered nurse. Already has a job waiting for him. Fact was even offered the job before the program ended. So, Quinlan is a nurse. Wow. I got to think about that for a minute. <laughs> he is a nurse. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verses 1 through 6, and this is how it reads. But all this I laid to heart, examining it all, how the righteous and the wise and their deeds are in the hand of God, whether it is love or hate. Man does not know. Both are before him. It is the same for all, since the same event happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good and the evil, to the clean and the unclean, to him who sacrifices and him who does not sacrifice. As the good one is, so is the sinner. And he who swears as he who shuns an oath. This is an evil in all that is done under the sun, that the same event happens to all. I'm at 9 verse 3b. Also the hearts of the children of men are full of evil, and madness is in their hearts while they live. And after that they go to the dead, but he who is joined with all the living has hope, for a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. And they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Their love and their hate and their envy have already perished, and forever they have no more share in all that is done under the Son. As a title for this message, when life and death cross paths, when life and death cross paths. 
What are your views and thoughts about death? How do you determine what is a meaningful life? We all must face the fact that we are going to all die one day unless we are alive when Jesus comes back. There is no way to get out of this life alive. (laughs) Many people have used death as a means by which they determine if there is a God that exists. They have crafted their own criteria of the meaning of life and If the events of life veer too far from what they believe, they conclude that there cannot be a God. Death happens to those who follow God and to those who do not follow him. In Solomon's quest for the meaning of life, he is not talking about rewards after death or even eternal life. He is addressing the matter of death and how the same fate awaits everyone. Turn with me in your Bible to the book of Genesis, and as we address point number one, which is two examples of death. We're going to look at two examples briefly of death. Genesis chapter 4, you should be able to find Genesis as soon as you open your Bible. The first book. Chapter 4 Verses 3 through 5, and then verses 8 through 10. Genesis 4, verses 3 through 5, and this is how it reads. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. Verse 8. Cain spoke to his brother. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Two examples of death. If you are one to judge the meaning of life only by the events of this world and how they fit into your worldview, you are going to come to some wrong conclusions. Many people determine if life is fair or right by the things that takes place. If a person dies at a certain age, one concludes that God must be doing something wrong. Who would have thought that Abel, a righteous man, would die in the way that he did? Why would God allow this to happen? In fact, one might conclude that Abel was too young to die, and he died in the wrong way. If only God was really in control, or if there really was a God, this would not have happened. Have you found yourself questioning 
God that if God really was God, these things would not take place? If there really was a God who cares, these events wouldn't happen in the way that they happen. Here we have Cain and we have Abel brothers. Abel being the first casualty of sin. We need to understand that Solomon said that whether a person is righteous or not, they can look forward to death. There cannot be a God since these events take place. The fact that God is a sovereign God and understands everything, we must conclude that God's thoughts and his ways are not our thoughts and our ways. As we mentioned not long ago in Isaiah 55, 89, just as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are God's ways and his thoughts higher than our ways and thoughts. You must understand this, that God does not do things according to how we think they oftentimes should be done. We would oftentimes have the well-being and the righteous living until they were two and three hundred years of age. and Those that were evil living a very short life, but oftentimes that's not the case. Why didn't God prevent Cain and stop Cain in his tracks from taking the life of his brother? Well, the Lord did warn him, if you look at that story carefully. He told Cain that sin is crouching at the door. It it desires to have you, but you must master it. If you don't deal with envy and anger and jealousy and resentment, it will consume you. You'll find yourself doing things and saying things that you said you would never say nor do. You will find yourself having murderous thoughts because somebody has done something to you. This is what happened to Cain. He refused to take counsel. He refused to give heed, and he gave in to his anger. I told you one day, when I was falling behind this car when I was younger, in karate, this person, I think they were deliberately going slow. They were messing with me. I know they were. Why do I know? Because I got off the road because of the traffic and went a different way so I could get ahead of the traffic. And they were in front of me. They should have known I was coming and took a different route. But no, they decided to go slow. I didn't want to go that slow. And so I rode close behind them. Like, hurry up and move. As I went up around the hill in Greenbrae, you know, there's a going on one when you pass that last lucky drive in San Anselmo, you can go around through, take San Anselmo, just go up on the hill and it drops you down and behind down the San Rafael where the little trestle is. And I took that road. And right at the beginning of the car, so I'm going down. And we get to a stop sign or stop light as we came under the overpass. And by this time I'm hot because by this time I know that I have people have already passed where I would have been. Have you ever thought that you didn't traffic and you want to be ahead of the person? And here you are right next to the person that you thought was way back there. Now here you sit all mad because you didn't went all this way. And well, anyway, long story short, I didn't honk the horn or anything, but I was upset. 
there's a person in the car decided to get out, and I kicked off my shoes. Because I'm going to kick him upside the head if I have to. I'm, I'm young now. And his friend in the back seat thinking, oh, no. Oh, hey, dude, you know. What? You want to do something? Not to say that. But, uh, but, but I was upset. You got to be careful. But I was upset. Now, <laughs> now, what would have happened if that person had been carrying something? And I would have been upset and angry, and, and I was upset. I, was up, I would have been possibly shot or something could have happened. I'm glad I didn't have a weapon. And so we've got to be very careful what we do in anger, because sometimes we are liable to do something that we hadn't planned. You see, it's very important. I had no idea and no thought that I'm going to be traveling up around here. I didn't know about the traffic. I didn't know about all this stuff. But I do understand this. That if I am not careful, I will do something that I can sometimes regret later on. You can sometimes do something that you will regret. That's why you've got to guard and be very careful that you don't act out of anger and you don't do things because you're just upset. You sometimes need to pause and just take a a step back. But Cain refused to listen to the voice of God. He received warning. Well, what do you do when God warns you? How do you respond when God gives you a message to prevent you from doing something that he already sees down the road that you don't see? It behooves us to take counsel from the word of God and to do that, which will keep us from moving forward into an action that we oftentimes will regret. Well, Cain refused to listen to the most important one, and that was God himself. And he called his brother out to the field, and he killed his brother. When God said that death would result because of sin, there was no discussion of how people would die. When the Lord told Adam and Eve, the day that you eat of this fruit, you are going to die, the Lord, if you will notice, didn't give any details about how death would occur, who would die. He just said that this would happen. It's people that began to fill in the blanks and began began to give meaning to what they thought, what was fair, and what was not. Now, Now listen, God said, in the day you eat this fruit, you will die. That's it. You're going to die. If there is a void, people are going to feel it. If something is void, if there's an emptiness, we're going to find some way to fill it, whether it's right or wrong. Later, the Lord began to put laws into place and began to give counsel in regards to how people should conduct themselves. But the Lord just said, the day you eat this fruit. Abel was doing that which was right. In fact, he was bringing an offering to the Lord. And the Lord says, Cain, if you do that which is right, won't you be accepted as well? Do you not know that people are looking for acceptance today? People are looking for acceptance. The problem with many people is that they don't want to do oftentimes that which is right. We look for acceptance from people rather than acceptance 
from God. Abel was the one that was righteous, and clearly one would have thought that since Cain had the evil heart, he would be the one that would pass off the scene. But that's not the case. It was Abel that died first. And I can imagine that when he died, when he was killed, his parents had to think, what did we do? Adam and Eve had to think. What did we do? We didn't expect to have this pain, this hurt. And clearly we didn't expect that one brother would take the life of the other brother. And so you had to remember and think, you had to think about, they had to ponder and think, oh my God, what have we done? So we find the words of Solomon that death happens even to the righteous. If we're not careful, we would think that God is not right when we oftentimes hear bad things happening to good people. Solomon lets us know in his counsel that there are some things that we just can't comprehend, things that are just hard to understand. You think that this should happen, but the very opposite happens. Here it is, you studied hard and didn't pass a test. And here's a person that cheated and did pass. And you say, well, I should have cheated because they got the result I wanted. But on down the road, you come to discover that something happened to the person. They lost their job. And here you are, you took the right path and come to find out that you are in a much better place further down the road More secure because God was taking care of you. You see, sometimes we want to take shortcuts through life because we see the result that we want. But sometimes you just got to stop and pause and say, I'm going to do that which is right because I know further down the road God has a plan and I'm going to be blessed. So you do that which is right because why? It honors God and God blesses, blessings are on you. The second matter that we look at in regards to two examples of death, I want you to turn with me now to the book of Luke, chapter 12. Luke, chapter 12, beginning at verse 16. I'm going to read 16 through 21. Luke, chapter 12, verses 16 through 21. And this is how it reads. I'm reading from the ESV. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards 
God. Two examples of death. Here we have a person who was called a fool by God as his life excluded God. He based his future on what he thought he had accumulated for himself. Yet, he did not take into account who really owned what he had. We have noticed that Solomon has been saying that there is no better thing to do but to eat and to drink and be merry, which is what this person actually said. But we also note that Solomon has advised and let us know that it is God who gives the ability to enjoy life and to enjoy the provisions that he has given. Here we have a man who paid no attention to God, did not honor God, and he thinks that he is going to live a long time and enjoy life. He comes to the place at the end here, and he is forgetting that it is God who gives the ability to enjoy the items and the things of life. This man, having planned for his future, did not find God's favor. When we read in the book of Ecclesiastes the matter of what it says, love and hate, those two, those two words uh, can be translated into two other words. Love can be refer, transferred or referred to as favor and hate to disfavor. So when you look at this matter of when God says in this verse in chapter 9, looking around verse 1 and verse 1, when it speaks of the matter of love and hate, it is one who actually either has the favor of God or one who does not have the favor of God. In the example of this matter here, of this parable, this man did not have the favor of God. Even though we have to consider he did an incredible job in his farming. There's nothing wrong with what he did. There's nothing wrong with him having money. I say go make all the money you can. They're so quiet. Make as much as you can the right way. Nothing wrong with this. This man was a, a man that learned the, 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 the art of farming and how to get the best out of the land. The problem is that God wasn't in the picture. Many people clamor for the place of this rich man. I want to be like that person. When we were in Las Vegas, there were two hotels that were connected. The Luxor, where we were staying, and Mandolin Place. They had attractions on both, in both places. They have their Chris Angel and Luxor, and they have a few other matters. But but Michael Jackson and and, and uh, people that they play all the songs, and they have a um, a, a Cirque Soleil. They have the Cirque Soleil, and and I was going to go till I discovered how much it cost. I could have said charge it, and I'm gonna probably go one day, but I decided no. I don't want to spend $428 today 
to see this. But there was a line of people going to see this performance. And I thought to myself, what people will invest in is fine, but, but it's only an act. It's something that people want to see. Again, nothing wrong with it. But what's beyond that? This man that had garnered and had learned how to cultivate and how to get the best out of the land said to himself, I have so much stuff that I don't have any place to put it. But I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to tear down my barns. And I'm going to make bigger barns to put the stuff that I have in them. And then I'm going to tell myself something. I'm going to tell myself, self, you got a lot of stuff. Enjoy what you have and kick back. Enjoy your retirement the rest of your life. Just add all the stuff you've collected and put it into larger barns. Eat, drink, and be merry. But the Lord said, fool, tonight your soul is going to be required of you. Then whose stuff will that be? This man had not considered the fact earlier that Solomon says, that those that are righteous and those that are unrighteous have an appointment with death. Life and death are going to cross paths one day. What side will you be on? When Solomon said that you are to eat and to drink and enjoy, it was with the understanding that all that stuff is good if it's understood it comes from God and you can enjoy it the right way. God, thank you that I can eat and drink and be merry and enjoy all the provisions you've given. But when God is excluded, is tossed to the side, the Lord just might call you to account. Solomon said it's good to enjoy these things. And when you get to the end of the book of, of Ecclesiastes, after Solomon goes through all of it, and I've been giving you these points along the way, Solomon comes to the conclusion, the best thing that one can do is enjoy life, but to fear God. That's where wisdom and what one should understand after going through all of his learning and going through the meaning of life, searching, his concluding comment is, Man, the best thing you could do is fear God. Oh, I've tried everything. I've tried all types of pleasure, he said. I tried, I tried to live a foolish life. I tried to learn all. I, went through, I didn't hold back anything. I've done it all. And in my getting, I've come to understand the best thing is to enjoy what God gives and to fear him. This man didn't do this. How do you reconcile your view of death and the reality of what happens? This man thought he was going to live a long time. Abel didn't know that his life was coming to an end. But Solomon makes an important comment and an important point. 
that all of these things and events are understood by God. They are all known to him. Nothing wrong with what this farmer had, what he did. But we need to understand he didn't make his appointment with death. I'm not going to get to point two today because my time's already gone. I'm going to pick up with point two next week. Remember point two. I'm going to give it to you now, but come back next week. And that is, living is better than dying. Living is better than dying. As I conclude today, just dealing with point one, what arrangements have you made with yourself about death? What's your understanding about life? Life and death go together. There's no way of getting around it. They go together. God has so allowed this life in which we live. He has allowed it to help us to be able to trust him. We trust him in how we live and we even trust him in how we die. Where do you stand? How has life and death crossed paths with you? There are some people, when death comes, they don't know what to do. It just devastates them. But if one has a hope in Christ, one can say, Lord, you are the sovereign one, and I know that you hold it all together. It takes something to be able to say, Lord, I'm going to trust you, even with that which I don't understand. Everybody's been touched by death in this place. Everyone has enjoyed life. There's the joys of birth. When a child is born, the parents smile. And at the end of life, there's crying and tears. And then there's at times crying and tears because of joy, because we know that that person has a relationship with God, and they're standing before the Almighty in his presence, giving glory to the King of Kings. And so the Bible says we as Christians, we don't grieve and sorrow as those who have no hope. We have a great hope in the fact that God is the one that gives us life. And Paul says he was torn when it came to the matter of death. He says, I'm torn. I know that you need me to be here because there's instructions that you need, but I'm torn because I want to go and be in the presence of the Almighty God, which is by far much better than being here. But I know that you need me right now. But, oh, I'm torn because I would rather be in the presence of the Almighty. What happens when life and death crosses paths? Where do you stand? Bow your heads, please. Have you considered when life and death crosses paths, where do they intersect in your life? What if God called you home this week, as some were already called this week? Would there be joy? Would you be say, oh, blessed be the name of the Lord? Or would you say, oh, oh, oh hold up, God, I'm not ready. Can be. One day we'll stand before him. Abel was ready. The rich man was not. Solomon has given us warning that you've got to be ready because life and death are before him. And everyone one day has to go this way. But oh, the, the privilege of knowing that life and death are in the hands of God. Lord, in this place today, we thank you for 
your wonderful grace and love and mercy. Help us to ponder and consider life and death cross paths. Help us to ponder and to understand and know that we can present offerings to you our life as a living sacrifice that is holy and acceptable to you. It's just as our reasonable service. We thank you today that we can live life, we can enjoy life, we can accumulate things and understand that we don't put them before you. But oh, it is good to prepare and understand that it's God, it is God who gives us the privilege and benefit to enjoy life and what life here provides because you made it all. <laughs> and you gave us the privilege to enjoy. But we don't enjoy the gift without, without the giver. Help us to understand the perspective that it's the giver that we worship and serve and not the stuff. We use stuff, we enjoy stuff, but we worship the giver. So today we bless your name and we honor you. And thank you that Abel was willing to die a righteous death. Help us to understand that life and death must cross. And we stand at the intersection. Help us to know that we stand before the King of glory. And say to you, Lord, I live and unto you I also die. We give glory to you. May we, Lord, learn to live life so that when death comes, we just simply transition. We don't fret nor fall out. We just transition because we know it is held in the hand of God. So today we love you and we praise you. And we give all the glory and the honor to you. And so we thank you today. Those that are dealing with death right now in this place, we lift them up right now. We pray for them. Those still grieving with the loss of loved ones, strengthen them in the inmost being. Lift up earnest right now in this place. Touch him. Be with him. Lift up the small family and Lord, and for Tamar and Talitha, all of that side, and James and Stephen Robert, Johnny, Lord, Ivory, we pray for them. Oh, my God, we pray for others that have passed just in this week. There will be comfort found in Christ. Yes, Lord, we sorrow for people. We, we help them and we grieve with them. And yet we extend a hand of hope in the Lord. So today we pray that you will be honored and that preparation will be made. So today we pray that in all that happens in the enjoyment of life, that we always remember that you hold life and death in your hands. And so we give all the glory to you and we praise you. As the Comans go on vacation, Bless them to get there safely and back. 
May they have a glorious time. Those that will be traveling and enjoying vacations this year, bless. As schools will start back in August and September, bless the administration and the kids, the students, we pray for them. God, you will be honored. We give all the glory to you in Jesus' name. Amen. May God bless you.